God's children, we are just as powerful. The message of what we speak, what Pastor Rodney said, there's something to it. There's something to it when we start saying and believing in ourselves. Yeah, man, I can accomplish that great task. Yeah, man, I believe God created me to do that. Then all of a sudden, what do you start doing? You start taking steps and processes, and you start to think about how can I make that happen? Or, I mean, that's too big for me. I can't do that. Nah, that's for somebody else's. I hate hearing people complain. I really do. I can't stand it. And people complaining about things that you can just fix yourself. So they just want to complain about it. So it is really, we are more powerful than we really give ourselves credit for. So I think we're going hand in hand with Pastor Rodney was saying, hey, let's start thinking more positively. Let's start saying, hey, believing in ourselves. Because it's not just, oh man, Joe Cali is amazing. No, it's the fact that God opened up my eyes to understand who he is so that I can understand who I am. So therefore, I am a part of God's creation. Amen. And I am part of his family. And so you can be the same too. But anyhow, just at a word that God speaks, work is done. God's word is so powerful, God's word creates. God's word destroys. God's word sets people free. God's word stirs people's hearts. God's word can give life. It also can take away a life. In all of his words, nevertheless, God is busy at work. The prophet Isaiah writes in chapter 55, verses 8 through 11, says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Let me stop there. God's thoughts are not the way you're thinking. Our ways are not God's ways. God's way of working is going to be different. It will be different than when yours and mine, it looks like. It will be totally different. But don't be fooled. God is still at work. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, God's still at work. In verse 9, it says, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it, Without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word, everybody say God's word, that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God's word will leave his mouth, it will not return empty, rather it will accomplish everything that he desired for it to do. God's word will achieve the purpose of why it was sent out in the first place. Once God says it, his work is being done. God's at work. Everybody say, God's at work. Sometimes we go through life and we don't think God's doing anything. I look across this sanctuary and there's a number of people I know. Is God really listening? Is God really there? Is he doing anything anymore? Unfortunately, I think sometimes I'm guilty at looking back at my family, at Lighthouse, at America, and at our world, and wonder, where is God? What's going on? Where's our new building for our church? Is he helping that marriage that's about to fall apart? Is he really helping the teenager through the struggles of learning how to grow up? Did he see those Orlando attack that just recently happened? Or how about this massive flooding in West Virginia? Didn't he see all that coming? Didn't he see that gorilla attack the toddler at the zoo? Or how about that tsunami in 2010 when it hit Haiti? Or even the one in 2011 that hit Japan? Did he not see that? Did he not see the lonely men laying on the side of the road? Did he not see the lonely people taking his or her own life? How about the movement where we just saw the past recent years of the redefinition of what marriage looks like? Or that transgender ruling of bathrooms. Where is God? Or let's go back to 9-11. 
Did he not see what happened? Where is God? Did he not see that teenager take his own life right here in Terry Hill a few months ago? Where is God? Is he working? How about those ignorant people in the Westboro Baptist Church spreading hate? Spreading hate at people's funerals. Does God see all this stuff? Is God still working? Is God literally still working or did he just say, enough is enough? I've done my best. I'm off. Is God still working? Is he sleeping? Is he sleeping? Does he not see? Couldn't he have stopped certain situations? What's going on? Then I'm reminded that I put my entire hope in this word of God. I'm reminded when I read of on John chapter 5, verse 17. In his defense, Jesus said to them, My father is always, and we say always, at his work to this very day. And I too am working. And the psalmist writes in chapter 121 in the book of Psalms, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither sleep nor slumber. The Lord watches over you. God is not sleeping. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, God is not sleeping. I say, God is not sleeping. Say it again. God is not sleeping. God's ways are not your ways. God's thoughts are not your thoughts. God's got a plan. God knows exactly what's happening. He sees this. He wrote it in the book. The answers are here. We have to believe and constantly keep in that state of mind that if we put our hope in this right here, no matter what's broadcasted on NBC, CNN, Fox News, Internet channels, whatever you're watching, crazy fanatics, okay, whatever it is, this, this is the very thing that left God's mouth and will be the very thing that comes back once it's finally completed. God is at work. Let's stop. Let's stop being guilty of saying, God, where are you? Why is this happening? I think about the book of Job. I mean, read the entire book of Job. Good night. Man lost everything. And still he yet never, never gave up his salvation. Never gave up his relationship with God. Never. Because he always understood, who am I, the man that brought me into this world? How can I get mad at him? What can I do? I'm just a mere mortal. But my Father in heaven, whatever it is, that's what happens. God's at work. God is at work. God doesn't sleep, friends. Our help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. He'll neither sleep nor slumber, but he will always be watching over you. Don't be fooled. Don't be deceived. God's word is still being spoken and is still being carried out. His word is still as powerful today as it was in Genesis 1-1 when all of a sudden everything started to happen by the word that came out of God's mouth. See, when my son was having a seizure when he was two years old, I started to stress out, freak out, didn't know what the heck was happening, okay? Found him in his crib. And I, I have an epileptic uh, aunt, and I was like, oh, my Lord. Not there's anything wrong with my aunt. I just didn't want to go through that. I knew what she had to go through. And I didn't want my son to have to deal with that. I was like, good night. My life has changed forever. I mean, have you ever been in a situation where all of a sudden you think, you think all of a sudden your life flashes before your eyes and, and this is where you're at uh, six years in the future? But what happened? He was having a seizure and I was freaking out. And then little did I know that he had a huge, a very high temperature 
that your body goes into this seizure, and then all of a sudden, it's, it's the way God created our being, so that all of a sudden that you see, so that all, so that your brain doesn't just literally fry, so your body just doesn't fry and die, you know? So when it's all said and done, I look back and like, wow, God, God was still at work. At first, I'm like, man, where were you, God? What, what happened? But, but God was still at work. You know, I think about my transition from from uh, Virginia to here. Man, a year and a half looking for where, where for a job, not knowing what. Why did I have to wait a year and a half? I have no clue. But guess what? I'm, gl- I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad it's what God has called me to do. Because I understand that God is still at work. God's at work no matter what, no matter where, no matter what the circumstances look. I think about my middle school years of feeling so alone, not knowing what to do, not knowing if I really had true friends, all right? Not knowing all these things. Where was my God? But nevertheless, God was at work. Even now in my own family situations, I don't know why. I don't know when. But I guess what? I believe God's still at work. We go through seasons of life. That's just what we go through. Just because we go through the ups and downs doesn't mean that God's not working when we're down. doesn't mean that God's not working when we're up. God is always at work. We'll always be at work. I'm afraid just maybe it's not God sleeping. It might be us who's sleeping. Maybe it's me I'm sleeping. Maybe it's you. You're sleeping. Maybe his church is not working to its fullest potential. Maybe Christians are not stepping up and doing their part, doing their work. Maybe it's us who actually need to be the doing and stop complaining and stop pointing to God. Because guess what? Don't be fooled. God's not sleeping. Friends, God's not sleeping. God is wide awake. He knows exactly what is happening. Let me explain. We're going to go into the book of Esther. You guys have never read the book of Esther. I'm telling you, please go home and read the entire thing. You're not going to want to put it down. If you understand what you're reading, it's amazing. Okay? The book of Esther is going to be one of my favorite all-time books of the Bible. All right? But we're not going to read the entire thing. But it's a great example. No matter what life looks like, no matter what the circumstance, we've got to believe that God's at work. In the book of Esther, you're going to find a few characters. And uh, we're going to preface this. uh, Obviously, you find Esther. She was a Jewish girl who lost her parents. Everybody say, God's at work. And later, Mordecai, a Jew, Esther's uncle, who adopts Esther as his daughter, explains to Esther, keep the fact that you're a Jew a secret. Everybody say, God's at work. King Xerxes, the king of that time, he dismisses his queen, Vashti, for disobedience. And people are being repositioned. Everybody say, God's at work. work. Esther then wins the approval of King Xerxes to become queen. After, everybody say after, she had to wait 12 months to appear before the king. Why couldn't she just be made queen? Why couldn't she just take her throne? Why wait 12 months? Everybody say, God's at work. Haman is then given a second in command to King Xerxes. Now, Haman couldn't stand Mordecai, which is Esther's uncle. Couldn't stand Mordecai because Mordecai refused to bow down to Haman. So, Haman develops this awesome plan to kill all the Jewish people because he knew that Mordecai was a Jew. King Xerxes signs into law the killing of all Jewish people. Ever say God's at work? Can you really be at work? Can you really be at work? The king just ordered every Jew to be annihilated, is what Mordecai says. In the book of Esther, if you read it, to be annihilated. And God's still at work. Mordecai approaches the queen Esther to go to the king. And we're going to pick up in Esther chapter 4, verse 1. When Mordecai learned of all that had been done, 
He tore his clothes, put on sackcloth and ashes, went out into the city wailing loudly and bitterly. But he went only as far as the king's gate because no one clothed in sackcloth was allowed to enter it. In every province to which the edict and order of the king came, there was a great mourning among the Jews with fasting and weeping and wailing, many laying sackcloth and ashes. Jews had to be thinking to themselves, why would my God allow this to happen? What's happening? We're all going to die. Hence, why you see it's written, the great mourning, the great fasting, and weeping and wailing they did. Nevertheless, God's at work. Everybody say, God's at work. Verse 6, So Hathak went out to Mordecai in the open square of the city in front of the king's gate. Mordecai told him everything that had happened to him, including the exact amount of money Haman had promised to pay into the royal treasury for the destruction of the Jews. He also gave him a copy of the text of the edict for their annihilation, which had been published in Susa, to show to Esther and explain it to her, and he told him to instruct her to go into king's presence to beg for mercy and plead with him for her people. Mordecai explains to Hathak, which is Esther's eunuch, and says, this is what's about to happen. Did you not hear? And she gives him a copy to give to his niece, a.k.a. daughter, what's about to happen to the Jewish people. And the messenger goes back to Esther and shows her. Verse 9. Hathak went back and reported to Esther what Mordecai said. Then she instructed him to say to Mordecai, All the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court, without being summoned, the king has but one law, that they be put to death unless the king extends the gold scepter to them and spares their lives. But 30 days have passed since I was called to go to the king. Esther is now nervous and trying to talk herself out and Mordecai out of doing what Mordecai wants her to do. She simply explains, you do understand that if I go before the king without the king asking me to come, I'm probably going to die. There's a small chance that the king can raise his scepter and then all of a sudden be okay. But do you understand that, Mordecai? I can't do that. How many times you and I talk ourselves out of doing something that God's placed on your heart? Step out and do something. And you say, no, we'll leave that for Pastor Richard. We'll leave that for Nancy. You know, we'll leave that for Ron. We'll leave that for Howard. We'll leave that for any. We'll leave that for somebody else. We, we think we position people better than we're back in position. But the reality is God's working and he's prompting you on that heart. Do it. Do the work. So Mordecai pretty much gives it to Esther in verse 12. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. Let me stop there. If Bill doesn't do it, God's going to call Vicki to do it. If Vicki doesn't do it, God's called Pastor Lee to do it. God's word will happen. God's work will be accomplished. If Andy doesn't want to do it, guess what? He'll tap the shoulder of Frankie. He'll tap somebody else because God is saying, this is going to happen. Whether you want to be a part of it or not, join me or not, it's going to happen. Verse 14, for if you remain silent at this time, relief from deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. 
Mordecai reminds Esther, just because you're the queen doesn't give you a get-out-of-jail-free card. You're just as Jew as everybody else. You will also be killed. You will also be killed. But he closes out the verse, verse 14. Who knows, but you have come to a royal position for such a time as this. Everybody say, for such a time. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, go, gather together all the Jews who are in Susa, and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. Esther declares a fast for all the Jews. Then she goes to the king, and she says, if I perish, I perish. Everyone say, God's at work. Esther and the Jews went to work. They began to gather. They began to fast. They began to pray. They began to ask God for a mighty move. And the rest of the account, you can read yourself. She approaches the king. The king does extend the scepter. The king pretty much says, Esther, whatever you want, I'll give to you. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think he says, if half the kingdom, I'll give you anything. I'll give you anything. And the story ends out that because she went to the king, she was able to deliver, see the Jewish people to be delivered. And the Jews were actually almost like lifted up in the society rather than down here in society. All because Esther went to work. Esther was created for such a time as this. How about you? What were you created for? What were you created to do? You think you were created just to get saved and then just live your Christian life, off into the sunset. Woohoo! Yay, things are great. Esther became queen. That's awesome, right? I mean, good night. How cool would that be? I, I, I like to be just giving to be the king. But Esther was positioned. Esther had to lose her parents to become queen. Not something she probably wanted to go through. Think things through sometimes. We just all of a sudden jump to the thing like, oh man, I want to be like that one. We don't really want to go through the stuff that Esther went through. But if we adopt what Esther preached, she goes back to tell Mordecai, if I perish, I perish. When you and I start losing our life, that's when God things happen. It's not what I want to go through. It's not what you probably want to go through. But if we do the work God has called us to do, the outcome will be great. Greater than what you could have done. Greater than you've ever dreamed of. What can you actually do? Why were you created? When we look around, we said, doesn't God see our world? Doesn't see God our stinking election coming up in November with what's going on? Doesn't God see all this chaos? You can literally go on the internet and just watch, and you can read headlines, but you can go on it and you can read all the headlines and be like, holy cow, what is going on? I mean, seriously? People leave, countries leaving the EU? Like, seriously? Is that happening? These are topics we like just to read about. Is all this really happening? Right now, things that are probably you and I, that our grandparents, I remember my parents telling us, it's going to be hard when you raise your kids. And I have kids, and I'm looking at the teenagers, and my kid I had a conversation with the teenagers not too long ago, or a few weeks ago back there. I was like, I thought I had a bad, 
teenagers are going to have it bad. My kids are going to have it hard. It's just going to get, it's a cycle, friends. You know, it's a cycle. It's just, you know why? God spoke it into existence. God spoke it. Now, don't get me wrong. God did not say, let's let a certain law be mandated because that's what I want to happen. God wants people's lives to be saved. In order for people's lives to be saved, they have to be lost. God is still working. God is still working. Without people being lost, would they need to be saved? What are we doing as God's people? What are we doing as Christians? We call ourselves Christians. What are we doing? What are we doing to show people God's love? God has not stopped working. Philippians 2.12 says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. God's at work in you. Turn to your neighbor, point the finger at your neighbor, and tell him God's at work in you. So many times we think we've arrived. We think we've accomplished everything. But there's still so much that's got to be done. There's still so much that's got to be done. There's a good and pleasing will that we need to accomplish here on earth to make sure that God's love is being portrayed in every area of life, in every area of this world. What are we doing? What are you doing? What am I doing? What work are we doing? You look around and people need to experience the truth about God's love. Not the hate that the media portrays about Christianity. The media wants to just destroy it and the church, making Christians out to be haters of the LGBT community, making Christians out to be foolish and stupid for believing in creationism. Do you know what they want to take? They want to make it against the law that you can't speak about creationism in colleges. Do you know that? Do you know they want to take creationism out of everything because they say it's religious? And they want to make us look stupid. Bill Nye, the science guy, he said himself, we're messing up our kids by teaching them creationism. What are we doing? How can we stop that? I don't know what your job is, but what if God's people decided to gather? What if God's people decided to fast together? What if God's people started to pray together for such a time as this? What work can be accomplished? You know, we have our corporate prayer times, and we don't ever have a packed house, right, Pastor Evan? Okay, yeah, I think so. And I know, trust me, I know we have busy lives. Okay? I get it. All right? I mean, I'm going on a mission trip tomorrow morning, so unfortunately, yes, I will not be here. I'll be packing and getting ready. My kiddos, leaving my kiddos and my little family, you know, for a week and stuff like that. But God's people, we take prayer and fasting a little more seriously. I'm not telling you to make it out to every corporate prayer. I'm not telling you to fast every day of your life. I'm just simply saying, don't keep doing what we've been doing. Because we see there's still work that needs to be done. I can still be used more powerfully. Bill can still be used more powerfully. Pastor Rodney, all of us, we all can be used 
at a greater level. Let's not just sit on our bed or on our lazy boy and say, this world is really horrible. We'd be doing the entire church of God a disservice by just not doing something. I don't know what that is. All I can simply say is my feelings inside is get involved. If it's something part of the local government, the school board, whatever, get involved. Things are happening. Things are changing faster and faster and faster. And that will always be the case because we see it at the end times. We see it that God tells his people. He tells them in John that it's like birth pains. Those are the signs you're going to see. You're going to, those are the signs. We start things get, getting worse and worse when, um, when evil becomes good. We get worse and worse. I don't think we're supposed to just read it and sit back and just wait for the arrival of Jesus Christ. I don't think we're supposed to just sit on our front porch, drinking some coffee, sipping some tea, and just looking in our eyes and then just waiting. Is he coming? Is he there? We need to be working all day long. Don't stop. Because God's word never stops. His work is a continuous going and going and going. So what will you do? Who will step up? Who's going to be willing to put their life on the line and actually do God's work for such a time as this? Because we're not too far, friend. I have yet to say that I'm a prophet. Okay? And I'd be scared because when someone says I'm a prophet, then we know there's, there's problems. Normally a prophet should be recognized by somebody else. Hey, you're a prophet, you know? But when a prophet self-proclaims himself to be a prophet, I'm a little scared, okay? A little nervous what you're about to prophesy because who knows what you're doing, all right? But all I'm saying is that there are signs that are in the Bible, in Revelations, all right? There are signs in Daniel. There's signs of the end times that's coming. My pet peeve right now, and I love that I can just speak open. My pet peeve right now, you guys shop at Walmart? I mean, don't be embarrassed to shop at Walmart. You know, although I mean, I, um, but you go to Walmart and uh, you have you have your new credit cards, right? They got that cool little chip in there. Okay, I hate shopping at Walmart. When you go to check out, you try to swipe the card. It says deny, or it says card read error. And it's all you got to put your chip in. The first time that happened. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. You're taking my money only because you want to use, because you, you know, because I have to put the chip in, you know? Now, obviously, if I cash, they take the cash. But that just, it was like, a, it was like almost like a, a moment that God was like, it's that easy. It's that easy. It's that easy. And then I heard somebody else say, and I'm not sure how true this is, but I can see it happening is the fact that I mean, the end times talks about a cashless society and how I heard a bank in, by 2020 wants to do what they call cash. And I'm just like, God, like, can we go another hundred years without, without cash and yet Jesus not come back? I don't know. But I do know that God's word said that I won't come back until Israel's made a nation again. 
and that generation will not pass. And in 1948, Israel was a nation. So we do know something, that that prophecy was fulfilled. So if that prophecy was fulfilled, I think the other prophecies need to be fulfilled. And there's a thousand of them in there. You can read them. And that, that's another sermon. Maybe may part two. Okay? But understand. Understand. God's not sleeping. God's setting up people. Repositioning people. Just like he repositioned for Queen Esther to come to the surface. He's repositioning people for such a time as this. You and I want to see a great big revival, do we not? You and I want to see the lost get saved, do we not? Bro, I have family members, cousins, aunts and uncles that I can't stand that are far from God. I want to see them come from there to this side. I want to see them get to heaven, okay? But that can't happen unless I do the work that God's called me to do and you do the work you called that you need to do. The people where my cousins live, God's people need to do the work that God's called them to do, okay? A great revival will happen. No matter what the media portrays, it's going to happen. No matter what they want to try to sell you what happens, hey, God is sending his son Jesus back one last time. And I'm going to be ready, and I believe you are too. But I just pray that God does not catch us sitting on a recliner with a cup of coffee when he picks me up. I hope he picks me up in the middle of preaching, in the middle of, uh, of a conversation, telling him about God's love. I want him to pick me up when I'm doing the greatest thing he wants me to do. And then you go into eternal glory with your father who you were just telling people about. I mean, could you imagine what that would look like? For such a time as this, you and I were created. Like I said, I'm not a prophet. Jesus can go back in... 20, uh, 2070, whatever it is, I have no clue. But I just know that if we stop working, you better not be complaining. Because God's at work. Don't be sleeping. Don't be awake. Be alert. Because God wants to do a great thing with you. With you. For such a time as this, you and I were given the opportunity to live in this day and age. And I'll close with this. I was driving the other day, thinking about the message and everything, and, and thinking about technology, and thinking about, what do you think the disciples would be like? Of Paul the Apostle. He probably dreamed, man, if I could only reach more than just this hundred people right here in my circle radius with the Word of God without having to walk everywhere. And we have all the technology. You can proclaim the gospel right now on Periscope, live. And all people around the world can just look up your name and hear Frankie preaching. And that, I mean, it's straight up, it's straight up awesome. But it can also be scary. So don't just click on someone else's live feed. You never know what they're portraying, okay? But the reality is, we have so much. So much. Let's not become lazy. But let's keep working. Amen? Keep working. Ask God, God, what are some avenues? What are some ways I can help and reach the lost? What are some ways that I can make an impact in my community? Is it being a part of the school board? Because I'll tell you right now, 
I'll make a big plug for that right now because I'll tell you, that's where our kids go. That's where your grandkids go. If things come through the school board, if things change in the school system, and then we, all we do is just get upset, oh, I can't believe that changed. Well, what would you do to stop it? I used to go to school board meetings a year ago. I went for a whole year, me and Becky. And, man, three people from the community would go to the school board meetings. They were open to the community. And I'm just beside myself. We are that ignorant of the people. And then we get upset when all this garbage passes. I don't understand. But I do understand we get crazy busy. Just be busy about what God's called you to do. You all don't need to go on the school board. You all don't need to run for the White House, but you can. You can. If God's prompting your heart to do that, then do it. If God's prompting you to do something amazing with your business, do it. If God's prompting you to do something outrageous, do it. Don't stop. God's at work in you, which means you and I are about to do something great. Amen? Because God is still working. Let's bow our heads. Father God, I prayed this morning. And I pray it wasn't just my words, Father God. I pray that your words hit the heart of every individual here this morning. God, I pray we don't get lazy. I pray that we don't just, we don't just pass the buck to somebody else. But I pray, God, that we get involved. I pray, God, that we start spreading the love of Christ like never before. Letting it broadcast throughout all the world on every media source we were able to, that we have at our fingertips, Father God. Help us to preach the gospel. Help us to preach about your love. Help us to show people your love, the true love of Christianity, the true love of what you want for your people, Lord God, that you love all people. You want all to be saved. But God, I pray that your church would no longer be stagnant. There would be a generation to rise up, to do something great and mighty, and say, if I perish, I perish. But I know my God has called me to do something great, and I'm going to do it no matter what. So God, save your people. Strengthen us as a church here at Lighthouse in this community, Father God. Help us not to do anything for individual glory. But God, everything we do, you're working at it through us to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. So God, strengthen us today. And Lord, I pray for dreams and visions to be imparted to people here. Lord, when they go to bed at night, when they wake up in the morning, Lord, I pray, Lord, that they can't stop thinking about you. And God, I pray that they can't stop thinking about the very thing you're pricking their heart with until they finally say, okay, God, you got me. So God, we thank you and we give you praise. And Jesus, have every said, amen.